Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Good morning, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I am your host here at Beyond Clean with Ace. I'm joined today again by Sean DeVore. Let's do a little bit of a check and make sure Sean's there today. Good morning, Dave. I am bright and bushy-tailed. Yes, uh, bright and bushy-tailed. It's the first Monday of August 2021. You know, I remember uh, you and I talking, oh gosh, a little over a year ago about what would the fall or the end of summer or the return to school look like next year? And here we are. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I guess the word to be used today is um, struggle would be a good word (laughs) Uh, because we are at a struggle point with raw materials and with supply and demand and shipping and freight. There's a lot of things that are uh, apparent now that that weren't apparent a year ago. We've had a vertical curve in business. Businesses went shot straight up, and some companies, maybe Mannington included, as well as other companies, because of our business decline last year, felt that we didn't need to be as prepared with stock raw materials as we might have been. And now we've um, the supply to try to get raw materials has depleted, either due to I think due to demand and also by also due to work. Uh, the labor force is reduced right now, and I don't know what exactly that's from. Some of it's from being people being out ill, um, and some of it is I think to do with they're getting subsidized with income and maybe they're not making enough at work to cause them to go to work to overcome the subsidy. So I don't, I'm not sure what the answer is. I'm not a labor expert. Um, but I think we're in a very, uh, tough time right now, as far as supplying materials to schools and, and people who are trying to get open. And it's not just the flooring business. It's, I was meeting with a school last week and they have the we have the flooring and we're installing that but the project manager from the school district told me they can't get the fiber optic cable for the school so there's all different kinds of things i was another government project i'm working on in tallahassee they can't get the lighting fixtures so there's a lot of struggle right now that's how i would answer that so folks if you haven't been on the show with us before we're talking with sean devore from mannington mills he's a territory manager i guess for uh what southern florida and some of georgia um uh yeah it's other way around actually southern georgia and northern florida there we go okay yeah so i handle from daytona beach up to savannah and then across the state of georgia headed west over to albany 
and back down into Levy County and across back to Daytona. So it's a pretty big uh, triangle there. So this is why you heard Sean talking about these struggles and strifes and challenges and the supply and demand of flooring materials. So it's not just the flooring materials that we're having troubles getting. We can, in some cases, get those, but we have all the other stuff. And we're talking new construction here when you're saying that with schools, Sean. Um, you know what? I took my car to the mechanic this morning for a scheduled service. And he says, can't take you. Only one person out of a six-person shop showed up. We've had some of that in manufacturing. We've had some extra hours that we want to put in, and we'd have delayed workforce showing up um, due to all different kinds of reasons. And uh, the the I'm not sure what's going on with the labor workforce. I don't. It's it's more about it, and it's in the the pay range that. Um, is entry level work or on a lower pay scale, I think is where we're tending. I think that I don't think that we need to have a minimum, uh, a set minimum wage, but the definite, the pay scale needs to go up in order to encourage people to work. Now, folks, uh, if you have joined us today and we are live here on Podbean Live, so if you've joined us, uh, no, this is not a show about labor. Yeah, we do talk <laughs> about things in the cleaning industry and and Sean is in the flooring area, and here at the Academy, we talk about all the things that are healthy, positive, and proactive when it comes to cleaning buildings. So if you've been on our show before, we talk about anything and everything. So apparently, labor issues are kind of one of those big things. It's a big topic. I just came back from a week of vacation, Sean, down <laughs> at Marco Island, and every single place that we went and i'm talking about whether it was a grocery store a restaurant um the 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 boat tour everybody had a sign up please bear with us we're short on labor i don't think there is any area that isn't in that um, issue so schools are starting here in florida next week Let's get off the labor part of it. What are the challenges that schools are going to have with maintaining floors this coming week that uh, well, they may or not had last year? I think the what we just talked about would be the labor having enough people show up to do to clean <laughs> the schools and maintain them. And then and and we've discussed the other issue too is like what are the what are the different levels? There's a different uh, strain of COVID out right now, so what are we looking at for cleaning and maintenance? How is that, is that transmitted any differently than the one before? Are we going to do something different? I had a question last week. Um, you know, what if we're, our company's talking about going back to bleach? Are we going to use bleach? Um, should we use bleach? Is it going to hurt our, your product? And I'm like, you should never use bleach. There's plenty of, re plenty of other things out there to use. <laughs> And bleach. It's like it's like why did why do these people want to revert back to bleach for what reason? It's like I don't understand. So we yeah we got the Delta variant now that's here. But you and I talked about this last August. Mm -hmm. COVID isn't going to go away. We said it's not going to go away next year. We're going to be with it in 2022. I don't know why people are surprised. I don't know either. It's gonna this. I think we're just going to be one of those things like the flu or like. 
any other thing that we deal with on a regular basis, COVID is going to be with us from now on. And, well, and the thing gonna, is, is we're not fighting just COVID, Sean. Right. You know, and, and so why is it right. that, that, I mean, didn't we learn anything over the last 18 months that you don't have to use bleach for everything? Yeah, I, I would think so. It's damages. It, it damages everything. And like I, the example I used would go into Lowe's with all the cleaning chemical had been used on the keypad. It was just caked with residue and it was sticky. So that's what you end up, if you're not bleaching something, you're leaving residue everywhere. Yeah, because it's not a it's not a cleaner. No, no. It, it does it doesn't clean, and I, I mean you know, and and it kills very little whenever the surface isn't clean. Now, right. I, uh, folks, I know that you're listening to this probably here live today, or maybe on a recording tomorrow evening. I'm going to have Dr. Whiteley from Australia on the podcast, and this is exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the Delta variant and chemical uses and what we've learned and what we should be doing going forward. Because now we've got a bunch of people that are saying, oh, well, i got to change everything again. Do they have to change things, Sean? I'm not an infectious disease specialist, but it is a virus. And the same things kill one virus, it kills another virus. Right. Um, so there's some, uh, you know, some statistics out there now that the flu, flu has actually been down because people are – taking better care of social distancing, washing their hands, you know, cleaning their surfaces. So the other proactive, things that we proactive do. Proactive things like I talk about all the time. Right, right. You keep an area clean and you don't have to worry about what's going to happen, um, you know, in the future because you you didn't keep it clean. So the maintenance so, issues are going to be continue to do what we've been teaching you for the last 18 months if you can find the labor to do it. Correct. Just continue with with the thing and, and try to and be aware of the new surfaces and the new types of products that are coming out and what they require and just move on as usual. And, so how many, and, how, I mean, you work with a lot of uh, educational facilities that are getting ready to go back to, to operation here soon. Um, we've heard more people are opened up. So we'll have more people in class come this August than we did last August because they didn't come to class last year. Right. Uh, so we got a, we've got an inflow of more people. Uh, is, is that what you're seeing out there? Yeah. I mean, there's the schools are that there's two large schools I'm working on right now that they, they are, uh, they're, they're going to be open and they're going to be full. They're 125,000 square feet each. Um, they're going to be running full blast with full classrooms. So, so know you're working with a bunch of these schools. Are. Do they do they have new flooring and what that they've that they've made changes uh, uh, in their program for for this coming season or or what? Yeah, I have one district that's been using LVT and LVP for the last five years. Uh, they're completely converted to a no finish program. I have a okay. new school district that I'm working with. Uh, that I'm actually going Thursday to meet with them. This is their first, they're building, they built, they're building a new high school, middle school. The first phase of the first phase of this project is the first time they've ever stepped away from VCT. So this is going to be interesting to find out how this is going to, how they're going to take it. <laughs> All I can do is laugh because you know, we talk about this almost every podcast, Sean. Mm -hmm. You know, they just can't get over the fact they've got to do more every day 
and do less periodic and none of that restoration stuff. Yeah, that's the hardest thing to tell them because the first thing they hit me with is I don't have the manpower to do this every day. And I'm like, it's, it's less than you normally do, but you just do it daily and it's faster. So I don't understand the, and you're not going to be coming in in the summertime to strip and wax. You're not going to be paying for that. You're not going to be, you know, it's the same story over and over again. I'm not sure how these guys are going to take it. I, I hope they're, they've definitely uh, went down the path a hundred percent. They're excited to have me come in. So I, you know, it just depends on the custodial staff as to what, um, how they take it. You know, I was at a hospital this past week. Uh, the guy that's over custodial is a remarkable individual, very professional, knows his business very well, been doing it for 40 years. I He's installed LVTs, being told by the district that that's the product they're going to use. Regardless if they use Mannington or another company, it's going to be LVT. It's going to be no wax. And he keeps complaining that he's got he it, it tracks that he, he can't figure out you know uh, how to clean it he just can't get it clean and and every time a wheel rolls over or somebody walks down it it leaves marks and i kept sa- telling the gentleman that there's residue on the floor from something what are you using he's like i'm just using neutral cleaner just like you said out of the dispenser i'm using a 3m red pad on a tenant machine and uh, it just it's just residue residue and i and finally, I brought in my uh, guru. He's my mentor big time in maintenance, aside from you, Dave. But um, <laughs> he, Thanks for that. Thanks for having yeah, that little piece in there. Exactly. Um, he works for Mannington. His name is Jim Toth. And Jim's been in the business for over 40 years. He's worked as a consultant. He's worked with machines and drove machines and been a maintenance guy. And he heard something in, in the gentleman's description of what he does he goes jim says so you dust mop and the guy's like yeah we dust mop every day sometimes twice a day we have to dust mop and he goes so you're using a 3m tack pad or tack mop and he called the specific name for it and uh the guy's like he replied really quickly oh yes that's exactly what we use we have to use that and jim said that's your problem mm-hmm. and he goes well i don't understand i have to dust mop and jim says no you don't and he says, yes, I do. I have to dust mop. He goes, you do on VCT that's a smooth surface, that you finished it, you've burnished it, it's completely smooth. That attractant attracts dust and sand and soil to the mop and helps you keep the floor clean. LVT and LVP is completely different. It has an aggregate in the surface, and it's like sandpaper. It's a really fine sandpaper. So while you putting that tack, 3M tack dust mop on it, you're transferring the tack to the floor. Mm-hmm. So you're building up, you're actually building up every time you dust mop, you're building up residue on the floor that is causing the tracking. So now what we got to do is work on removing that and get you back to the floor that you bought. Well, see, there's and, another thing that you said that I would add to that. Right. He's, use, he's using a red pad on his automatic scrubber. Right. And he would be better off using a cylindrical brush. <laughs> We cylindrical brush will go in and get more of that residue and get it out of the grooves because that plank floor has grooves. Even the the uh, tiles have texture to them, and the brush will get that up better. So by changing the two things, 
he'll probably eliminate all of his issues. Yeah, we've done that, and we found success with um, Jim. Actually, suggested the AstroTurf pad as well as the uh, Polar microfiber pad. We've had uh, a lot of success with both of those pads, mainly because you're fighting an uphill battle and getting them to change over to a brush is like a huge battle. But if you can get them to change over to an AstroTurf pad or a, a microfiber polar pad to get them to at least do that and start getting success, then the next level would be go to the electrical brush. Well, and this is the whole thing that we're talking about this morning, Sean, and thanks for bringing it up because right. this is what we teach here at the academy is that when you make some changes, other ones have to be made. You right. cannot with LV, and this is why we here at the academy have special classes specifically that you help design on luxury vinyl flooring. And they're set aside from our VCT floor class because they are different. Mm -hmm. If you go down the path of luxury vinyl on your floors, procedures and processes and equipment and tools have to change. And I think this is the big thing that, that we're going to be talking about at a number of different conferences this fall is the changes that we're going through, that we've been through in the last 18 months, are creating the more, more the turmoil than anything else because people as we know, are resistant to change. And it's the change, the mindset change that you've mentioned here this morning that is the problem. Not the fact that we don't have the right stuff. It's we don't have the right mentality yet. Well, the, the facility directors or EVS directors pushback on that in that particular situation was the fact that he has to dust mop because if he doesn't, then the debris and stuff that's on the floor is going to mess up his auto scrubber. So, so the thing here is what I teach in class all the time is that they use microfiber damp mops. So yep. instead of, and, and folks, if you're listening to this and recording or live with us this morning on Podbean Live, what you need to do is get rid of all of the other stuff that you've been using if you've used LV. doesn't matter what LV that you're working on. If you'll simply take a 3D microfiber pad, whether it be Velcro, whether it be a tab, whether it be a pocket, I don't care how it's put together as far as the back or the holder, but the front of it needs to be 3D and you simply spray it with water so that you're damp mopping the floor. What it does is it attracts the, the debris, the soils, the dust, so that it collects to the microfiber but does not leave a residue on the floor that Sean's talking about this morning. So therefore, we eliminate the issue of the debris in the squeegee blade mm -hmm. that causes tears and rips and doesn't get the floor dry, but you can do it as often as you want to. And here's the thing. You're not putting anything on the mop. So when it comes time to clean the mop out, just hose it out in the sink and you're ready to go for again. Yeah. And a lot of these uh, hospitals are going for the disposable route. Um, yeah, it, good, it, it, good bad, like or indifferent. It's, it's like we got so used to the fact that that we, we had to spray it with. The mop had to be treated with something. Well, folks, microfiber and water picks up 94% of everything. So, yep. folks, just use it. I noticed we have a, a person joined us here on Podbean Live. Thank you for joining us. We're talking with Sean DeVore this morning about maintenance of, uh, well, some of the new luxury vinyl floors that schools are being challenged with. 
Um, is Luxury Vinyl the only thing they've got going this fall? Yeah, I mean, well, I've seen a little bit of uh, uptick in carpet tile. Uh, carpet um, orders have upticked a little bit, and also rubber. Rubber is really coming on strong uh, as an alternate to LVT. Um, sheet vinyl is kind of taking a back step. I've got a couple of large hospitals that are up coming up that, that are in construction right now uh, that have both rubber and sheet vinyl on them, but the rubber is really coming on, and that's a whole different that's another thing that that is a different maintenance animal that you can't go at like you do uh, sheet vinyl or LVP or VCT. Um, it's got it. Most most commercial rubbers now have their synthetic rubber and they don't they have a built in wax in them. So you don't have to apply anything to it. You burnish it to bring up the shine in the floor. Well, and then if you want to add other things to it, we have linoleum that is making a comeback uh, and now has many different colors and textures and, and mm -hmm. makeups than it used to have. Um, so this is why we talk about it in our classes as we're going forward, because most of these are coming up. Uh, you mentioned carpet. Um, I want to remind our listeners that uh, Sean and I will be speakers at the FSPMA conference here uh, September the 12th through the 15th. I think on the last day in the afternoon, we're going to be talking about carpet issues, right? Yeah, we're going to be talking about the proper way to maintain carpet and clean carpet on your side. And then on my side, I'm going to help you out a little bit by talking about construction and why it's important to have an integrated backing system as well as uh, a pr the correct type of yarn system based on the use. Um, not that these maintenance people in the meeting will be interested in specifying but they have more power than what they think by stating that if something's easier to clean and for me to make maintain then it's less money to the university or to the school system or the healthcare system if it's a, a better product that's easier to maintain you know as you said that sean i was thinking you know when we have our luxury vinyl class i spend a good amount of time in the course that you and i developed and identification and i think that's one of the things that our industry doesn't do for our frontline people is we don't involve them with the knowledge to understand the the product that they're working with and so that's what you're going to be working with yeah and that's a big problem with carpet as well because a, a lot of times when i come into a problem with carpet is the fact that the the, the custodial staff or the EVS department hasn't, they don't even know what the yarn is. They don't know if it's solution dyed. So the color is inherent to the fiber. For instance, a blue liquid makes a blue fiber. They don't know if it's yarn dyed where the yarn was dyed prior to uh, the product being made. And, and is it a permanent solution dyed system or is it a piece dyed system where you've actually dyed a white yarn blue, which is not color permanent. So, you know, what, how's the carpet made? What's it put together? Like who made it? Who, what's the maintenance instructions on it? Cause a lot, most of the carpet from Mannington. Now we only want it to be clean with water. No soap. The only time you use any type of, um, chemical is if you have a grease or an oil stain, for instance, a salad dressing being dropped on a carpet creates an oil stain. You need to remove that with an emulsifier or some sort to remove the oil from the carpet 
carpet fiber. But a acid-based stain like Coca-Cola or Gatorade or something like that, it just sort of washes off for water with water because the yarn doesn't have an affinity for those negatively charged stains. So understanding those different aspects of how carpet's made and how it applies to the, the cleaning and maintenance requirements also is very, very important. It's 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 same as associated with if you're running a race engine, you put a, a heavier oil in it uh, versus a car that you drive up and down the expressway every day. Well, and, and, you know, as you said that, I'm thinking about the service that my mini is supposed to have. You know, my my mechanic uh, is from Germany, and he says you don't use anything but German synthetic oil in that mini. That's right. I, he, That's it's right. like, he says, oh, people do. You know, it's like people ask us, can I, can I just use floor finish on that LV? Sure. You can dump floor finish on anything. Yeah. And then you'll be calling me with the consequences later, and we'll have to go through how you're going to remedy it. I think, uh, I, I think now I, I may be, uh, this may be a little touchy, but I think you have something to uh, talk to us about, about, uh, 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 well, procrastination and accidents. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> My, you didn't uh, know I was going to bring that in like that, Yeah, did you? right, right, exactly. I had to think. I was thinking work. And, yeah, so procrastination well, I mean, hey, this is, can lead folks, to many things. The, folks, if you haven't listened to us before, Sean and I get off on all kinds of things. We're just two guys having a good time this morning on a Monday talking about whatever hits our brain. It's a live show here on Podbean Live. I will have to tell you that we're sponsored by Jim Supply, who has been uh, providing cleaning supplies and central florida for over 80 years so glad to be sponsored by them they're the ones that make it possible for this show and for us to be at the fspma uh, conference uh, this fall uh, next month matter of fact uh, september the 12th through the 15th so uh, if you're in the area and you're in a school a public school system come over to the show uh, listen to sean and i there uh, we'll be live there. We've got uh, classes. Uh, I think the last day of the of the uh, deal, I'll be teaching classes all day. So, Sean, give us a little bit of a personal touch on procrastination, please. So, I call the time when my wife leaves for work. I call it the flurry. So she leaves. She's <laughs> flying out of the door. She's grabbing her lunchbox and she's headed to be a nurse. You know, so. She leaves and I get a moment of peace after she's left to kind of collect my thoughts and get things. Well, I get a phone call not long after she left the other morning and she's like, I just had a fender bender. And I said, oh, I'm, are you okay? Is the other person okay? Yeah, yeah, we're fine. Um, I have a big truck and um, it's an F-350 and she ran into somebody else and it did a lot of damage to the other vehicle and did some damage to our vehicle. And she went into the fact right off the bat informing me that it was my fault that we, that she had had an accident. And I took a step back and asked her why it was my fault. She said, because if you had gotten the brakes fixed on the truck, then I wouldn't have had the accident. Uh -oh. And I said, do you think you might've been following too closely? And she goes, <laughs> no, I wasn't. I just hit the brakes and the truck wouldn't stop. And I said, okay, it is an 8,000 pound vehicle. And she said, that doesn't matter. It's still your fault. So I accepted full blame. And, um, 
And I had to accept it even further because when I took it to the shop, I actually had the brakes fixed for we're waiting on parts to come in to fix the grill and the bumper. But um, it was very expensive because I had to have all four rotors replaced and all four brake pads replaced on that truck. And it was extremely expensive. And she told me when I came home and told her that we had to have all the rotors replaced because normally you can turn the rotors and just put new pads on. And I had allowed it to go so long that I had used up all the rotor and there was hot spots in it. And so she said, see, it was your fault. (laughs) And so I had to (laughs) acknowledge that it probably was some fault of mine and um, that procrastination does lead to other things, which now is stacked up into other costs that I probably wouldn't have had to pay if I maybe if I had you had the brakes worked on in a timely fashion. Well, and, and, and this is, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but this is exactly the example that we use when we're talking about floor care. You know, if in fact you take the time and do the preventive maintenance on a day to day basis, especially, and we're talking about LV as well as the carpet, just using water in the right removal system on a daily basis, do more of that. You won't have the consequences later. Yes, yeah, not necessarily always about the chemical. It's about just standard cleanliness. And and as I'd mentioned earlier, you know, my other neighbor, she's also a nurse and she's actually a nurse practitioner now. And we were talking, I was talking to her husband yesterday and we were just kind of talking back and forth about, you know, things and, and the, you know, the incidence of flu is down. And she had mentioned that some of that is due to based on some things that she's read and learned and that people are social distancing. They're not shaking hands as much. Mm-hmm. They're minding how much they touch their face with their hands. They're washing their hands or using hand sanitizer. They're all these kinds of things which have lowered the transmission rate of just the general flu as well as colds and that kind of thing. And I know in, in my personal life, when I go out and meet people, we'll do a fist bump or we'll just keep, a lot of times if I don't know someone, I'll just keep my hands in my pockets. Mm-hmm. And then that way I don't, I'm not obligated or they don't feel obligated to shake my hand. And if they do, I'm very careful about not touching my face until I um, get some hand sanitizer or wash my hands. You, you know, that's interesting that you bring that up. I just got back from vacation and, and being in the environment that you and I are in every day and what we do, we're aware of these things. And, you know, whenever we went to places, um, like I said, we were always having labor shortages, so you're always waiting. But I always wanted to sit close to the front door, close to the door. Or, or further away from other people. And they kept trying to sit me next to somebody and I'd move, you know, I'd say, Hey, no, no, I want right. to sit over here. Um, and I think that's the thing that we find more people are being aware of these things. You know, I've went for 18 months um, and haven't had these issues. And, right. you know, I've had double pneumonia. I can't get the flu. Uh, it would be, uh, you know, a really bad thing for me, you know, and, and uh, now a year out from surgery, it would be from there too. So you do pay attention to things um, 
we're not through with these issues yet. And I think that's where we're at today is that change is happening to us, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And you it's, need to take, take heed. You need to take heed and pay attention. Yeah, it, to what's it's going not on. temporary folks. It's permanent. No, it's permanent. A little funny aside, I just happened to think of, I was a big fan of Mythbusters. And one of the things when using a, a public lavatory or public toilet, um, you always want to use the first stall when you go into a public bathroom because nobody uses it unless it's the other ones are all tied up. Everybody wants to go to the back corner. <laughs> so the, the first stall is always cleaner. Well, I, I'm going to leave that one at that. That's a restroom <laughs> class. And we'll, we'll, Sean, we'll, we, we can debate that one at another time with another uh, speaker. Oh. I would say. Um, I'm not going to quite go there. I'll just say it's used less. Let's say it that way. Exactly. There you go. Um, you know, the thing that that's interesting when it comes to floors, that we start every one of our classes, whether it be uh, resilient floors, uh, what I call the hard floors or the soft floors, is that people just don't understand that in the maintenance industry, 80% of our time is on floors. And I love what you said a minute ago when you said, uh, talked about what Mannington's advising on carpet cleaning. Water is still the universal cleaning agent. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to add chemicals to it and never rinse things? I have not understand why our industry cannot get this this through their head of rinsing the chemical industry has apparently has done such a brainwashing job and i know all the chemical people are probably you know flying off the shelf at me right now but chemistry is water well that's one thing i always bring up that i try to make it apparent because if you you set someone's I always i'm real cognizant of setting a level of expectation for my clients. So what is your level of expectation as far as, you know, what do you, how do you expect the floor to perform? What do you expect to do? What is your level of expectation? So once I understand what their level of expectation is, then I can try to tell them that as a professional flooring salesperson, this is what you need to expect. So I try to elevate their, their level of expectation or downgrade it if they think that they need to do more than what is required. Um, so trying to figure out where the customer's coming from and then give that information because they may not need to even use water for a while. They may can do dry chemical or they may can just vacuum because it's on the fifth floor of a office building that, you know, people don't circulate that much in. So it just all depends on the situation and trying to find out what their level of expectation is. Well, and you mentioned dry vacuum. I even go to a further extreme. You don't need a vacuum. Yeah, that that the, the thing is, is we've gotten so caught up. Uh, Did you get me back? With a vacuum. Yeah, you're there. We, we, you know, our industry has got so caught up in that we need a vacuum on carpet, and we really don't, because a vacuum only works on the top one third of the carpet, and the soil debris, the crushed. The, the carpet fibers that are worn off, the dead stuff, the skin cells, the, all the bacteria 
goes further than one third uh, into the carpet. And so one of the things that we teach here at the academy is brush sweeping. Uh, we use a dual brush machine that actually digs down in and pulls that material up and out uh, before you use water. Well, appears that I have lost it. No, you're you're there. I got you. Sean, you're still with us. Uh, Sean can't hear us. So, you, folks, I'm sorry, but you got to listen to me talk now until Sean figures out if we can hear him. Sean's still connected. Folks, anyway, what we're talking about here is when it comes to carpeting, dry extraction. Um, you don't have to have what we would consider an upright vacuum. An upright vacuum works on the top third of the carpet. Uh, even at best performance. And so all it can do is remove the stuff, pretty much what you can see. And so much of the carpet that we're working on gets crushed and matted down and all the soils get embedded further than the top third. And so what we found is that using a double brush cylindrical uh, machine, uh, I'm going to mention a company by name simply because it's what we have here in our classroom. Uh, we use a brush pro has two cylindrical uh, counter-rotating brushes. And hmm. what I've found is, is that if we'll remove all of our soils with that, then our just our water uh, with our extractor will even work so much better. Sean, are you still with us or have we lost you for the today? Looks like we've lost Sean totally. Well, Maybe he'll come back with us. Uh, let's give him a little bit here and see if he comes back. Looks like he's trying to. Sean, are you still there? I'm, I'm now back. He's now back. Well, they had to uh, listen to me rant about a double brush cylindrical machine and removing carpet without a, or removing dirt out of a carpet without a vacuum. <laughs> oh, so you're talking about a uh, pile lifter? Well, we're, I was talking about a brush probe, but you're correct. It is a pile lifter um, because with the double brush, it gets down in further than one-third deep that an upright vacuum does, so we get much more soil retrieval. And I always say that soil extraction doesn't have to be with water. No. Soil extraction is removal. And if My. I remove more of the dirt before I put the water on, I don't get mud. My biggest push on anything on every commercial commercial carpet job, when I'm given the opportunity to talk about maintenance uh, when it comes to carpet, is vacuum, 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 and try to get a machine that has two motors on it that is has a motor for the vacuum and has a motor for the beater bar so that you have two separate entities working together to try to remove soil because vacuuming is definitely the best way to go. Well, that's a little different than what I just got through saying, cause I don't, I'm not a fan of vacuums, mm -hmm. but they're the cheap version of removing soil from the top of the carpet. And uh, from, yeah, yeah. And my, and to digress, one of the reasons, like I mentioned earlier, when I was talking about the cylindrical brush, I'm just trying to get somebody to do something. And if they already have a vacuum cleaner, if I can get them to run the vacuum cleaner, I'm good. 
You well, you're far better than um, you know, and I'm not. Uh, and, and hey, you'll just hear it right here live on Podbean. I am not a fan of backpacks on carpet. Oh no, they don't do anything. You know, I know that there's a lot of people that do it, and, and you know, I have them here. Uh, they have a limited place for use, and um, you know, they make the top of the carpet look okay. But as far as a carpet maintenance program, they're not doing anything for your carpet. No, and that we I was where was I I was at a discussion I was with Jim and I was working with a major end user it was a different appointment we had and uh, bonnet cleaning came up. Oh my gosh! Don't even get me going on that one. Well, that was where I was going earlier with the chemical. You mentioned there that the chemical salespeople were going to be upset, and that's one of the levels of expectations that I talk about with the customer is there are chemical salespeople. There's pad salespeople for machines. There's machine salespeople, and everybody's trying to move their product. And he, the end user asked me, well, why did bonnet cleaning take off there for a while? I said, because, the, in my opinion, the machine, the guy who sold you the machine also wanted to sell you pads. And if he convinced you that that machine would do more in your facility than what you had bought it for, then he's gonna, he keeps you as a client and he is able to sell you more. So they developed the bonnet pad to go with the hard surface machine so that they could sell you more pads. And that's how I think it went. And is same thing with chemical. The chemical guy comes in, he wants to sell chemicals. Sure. And most of the chemical guys, I don't even know in my territory, which is not a good thing. You know, Sean, I've been on both sides of this, folks. Uh, you know, I've been... Over 45 years, I can guarantee you, folks, I've been on the side of the user. I've sold the product. I Now I'm the teacher. Um, every angle in this industry I've been at. And I will tell you, none of them are really trying to do anything wrong. No. It's always, and it always still will be buyer beware. And this is what we try to do on this podcast and in our classes is we want to make you a better educated consumer. The more educated that you are, the better that you ask the right questions. Because ultimately, as you said this morning, the blame still has to wind up on your doorstep. and You have to take responsibility. Right. So I try to get my customers to do as much as I can get them to do with the equipment that they have and to try to understand that things are have changed in the industry and that we need to follow new guidelines, and maybe they do need to upgrade their equipment. Maybe not right now, but they will have to uh, to get the proper thing to use to maintain the, the product in the expected way. And I think that's one of the things that happens with the maintenance industry and the upgrades of flooring materials. Is the flooring materials get upgraded, and then they just expect the maintenance to do it with the same equipment. And what we still haven't as a complete picture been able to get people to understand is you really can't do one without the other properly. No, and maintenance is a cost of doing business. It's part of running a business, whether you're, you know, cleaning the oil off the floor of the shop where you take your money to get worked on, or if you're cleaning the floor in the hospital uh, as the new patients come in or the visitors come into the hospital. It's just part of a cost of doing business. Yeah, you know, I think what's interesting is, is uh, 
I don't know if you keep up with things, and folks, I'm not wanting to bring politics into a whole lot, but I think it was interesting that yesterday, late last night, they were still working on the infrastructure bill to be passed. And my wife and I was talking about it yesterday afternoon. I said, you know, it's kind of like we build everything, we put everything in place, and then we want to keep everybody alive. We don't want to kill any babies. We want to make sure that everybody stays here and we add more people, but we're not willing to keep the infrastructure there to support the influx of all the new stuff. And I think that's what you're dealing with here is we, we've got all of the, the new stuff coming in, but we don't want to change anything because that requires us to do something else. You can't really do one without the other properly. I agree. I remember driving on the Stevenson Expressway in Chicago when I lived up there, and there'd be a and that that expressway goes up over this, the communities that are below it, and there'd be literal holes all the way through. And I'm thinking this traffic's on here every single day, every single day, and there's no infrastructure plan to keep this road maintained in a regular basis. It's just like it's there's not enough time in the day to get it figured out, and I, well, you, I, you, you, look, you look at the roads, and that's the thing that you and I are talking about here. But, you know, and I think one thing that's interesting where I live in an RV park, every year this year, they've been upgrading all of the electrical system so that instead of having uh, none, of, hardly any of the park with 50 amp, now the mm -hmm. whole complete park has been rewired, updated, and all sites have 50 amp. Because why? Almost every machine that comes into that RV park has got two air conditioners on the RV and requires 50 amp. Right. You know, so the industry has changed the requirements. And, and as you said, the expectation of the campers, I've got to have two air conditioners. I'm in Florida. And if that RV park wants to continue to do business in the future, their infrastructure is they've got to upgrade that electrical system. And I think this is what you're talking about here. Mm-hmm. It's, it, if you just, if folks, if you just look around you, you'll see it, but it's hard to look inside. And as Sean said this morning, go ahead and bite that bullet when you should. So the consequences don't come and bite you later. Yeah. Cause they're usually worse when you don't do the maintenance. That's what happens. That things get worse. You've actually worn the product out or you got it to a point where you're going to have to replace it instead of being able to put you know, maintain it for much, much longer. Regular maintenance is the answer. Sean, you know, I really appreciate your time with us today. This is the first Monday of August. Tell you what, let's do this. We're going to be at FSPMA next month, uh, the 12th through the 15th. I'm not sure exactly what day both you and I will be there. But why don't we change our podcast and do a live podcast from the show next month? I think that's a great idea. I would love to do that. Okay, folks. So you heard it right here. We're going to be live uh, here on Podbean Live. We'll connect uh, with you. We're going to be at the FSPMA. So if you don't know what that means, it's Florida School Plant Management Association, the conference that's being held uh, down at the Doubletree here in Orlando. Uh, it's uh, September the 13th through the 15th. So just kind of stay with us and look for us. We'll be live with Sean DeVore. We'll be talking about, I'm sure, everything like we do just on all of the other podcasts, Sean. Yeah, we'll just be together. 
cool. We'll actually see each other for a while. Exactly. <laughs> uh, any parting words before we leave? Get your brakes checked on your vehicle. <laughs> I just was expecting that one. Thanks, Sean, for being here. <laughs> Folks, if you've enjoyed today's show, please like and share whatever we've uh, uh, mentioned today. We're on Podbean Live. We have the website. It's www.academyofcleaning.com. We have hundreds of videos on YouTube. We've got two Facebook channels. Oh, golly gee. Oh, yeah, I forgot Instagram. I'm sure I forgot something else. We're in social media everywhere. We have online courses for those of you that can't come to a live class. Our classes here in Florida are open. Matter of fact, we just got some new LV down for at one of our stores down in Lakeland. So we'll be having new classes there. Please join us. If you can't do it one or the other, we still do live remote classes. So please join us and let's make sure that whatever you do, make sure it's healthy, positive, and proactive. Sean, we'll see you next month. Look forward to it. Talk to you soon.